0: listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bacham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life starting right now. We all have limiting beliefs, the beliefs that hold us back from really moving forward in the way we want to, and it's hard enough when it's your own limiting belief, but what do you do? When your spouse is holding on to that limiting belief, the one that pretty much negates any possibility in their mind of anything moving forward. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today on the Save the Marriage podcast. But first, let me tell you why we're talking about this. I'm right now answering uh, people who ha- are listening to the podcast, I'm answering their questions. They have to submit it to get that done, but I'm answering their questions as we go. Uh, and really, I'm looking forward to those questions that kind of apply to lots of us. So if you're interested in doing that, you can send me an email with your question at podcast at marriage.com. That's podcast at marriage.com. So let me give you some hints on how to best do that in a way that would make you most likely to be one of the questions chosen. I'm getting lots of questions every week, so I have to draw from those. But here's how you get your best chance. First of all, ask me uh, kind of a uh, midpoint question. So here's second what you want to avoid. The first kind of question that I'm not going to answer are the ones that are so specific to your situation that would only have something that matters to your situation. That is actually a coaching question. Just because it's very specific and isn't applicable to the podcast doesn't mean it's a bad question. It's just the wrong format. It's the wrong place to ask that. If you have such a specific question as that, you probably want to get some coaching, So we're doing kind of the Goldilocks principle. That one is too specific. And then there are those that are too broad, like, so how do I save my marriage? That's why I created the Save the Marriage system to address that specific thing. And if you say, so how do you connect with a spouse? Well, that's also very, very broad and covers a lot. So I want to pull out subcategories of that. You might tell me kind of why you think you're having a difficult time with uh, connection, and I can go into detail on that. So that's what we're dealing with today. And these limiting beliefs, we know from neuroscience are what hold us back many times. And the interesting thing is you've probably experienced it yourself where you just felt like you could not do something. And because you felt like you could not do it, you, you didn't get there. And, and yet if you could change that belief, suddenly things would happen. There are lots of uh, times in history when that shows up. The four-minute mile is one of them. There was a long time when it was believed that it was humanly impossible to run a mile in four minutes or in less than four minutes. It was impossible to get to that place. Because of that belief, it didn't happen. And then one day, somebody decided they could do it and somebody broke it and then another person broke it and another person broke it. And soon, it was very clear that there was nothing magical about the four-minute mile. The four-minute mile had been an obstacle in the mind not in reality. The same is often true when we're trying to build something or create something that really what has to happen is we have to have a new approach to it. So these limiting beliefs also get into our way or in our way in our personal life. So let me just read you this note from JJ. She says, I love your books and podcasts. I'm also working with one of your coaches on my specific situation. She's wonderful and gives me so much hope. I've been working on my own limiting beliefs, but my spouse has a strong limiting belief that, and this is the limiting belief, if we were meant to be, marriage would be easy. How do I work with this? I don't think it's true at all, but he does. Okay, so that's a very limiting belief. If you believe that marriage should be easy, then If it's not easy, that means something's wrong. In this case, if it were meant to be, if we were meant to be, marriage would be easy. That's kind of the limiting belief. So first of all, I want to kind of address that limiting belief in case you hold on to it. And so you can see what happens when it hits there. And then I'm going to talk about some other limiting beliefs. And then I'm going to talk about, you know, what do you do in that case? Okay, so first of all, let's address that. If it were meant to be, marriage would be easy. Where else do we apply that in life? If I was meant to get a degree, then I wouldn't have to do any homework, right? If I was meant to get that promotion, then I shouldn't have to do any work at the office to get there. If I was meant to be a best-selling author, then I shouldn't have to write the book. I mean, yeah, I I wish that were true for myself, right? Um, And and so there's so many of these places. You know, if I was meant to be in shape, I wouldn't have to um, uh, do any exercise, and if I was meant to be in good health, I shouldn't have to choose what I'm going to eat. It should just happen, right? That's not true anywhere in life. And yet we consistently apply it to relationships. It's a limiting belief based in what has been talked about as the fixed mindset. So, Carol Dweck talks about the fact that there are two mindsets we can have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. The growth mindset says that we can get better at things. We can improve ourselves by working at it. That there's nothing that's really just meant to be and nothing that's just natural. The fixed mindset says that some of us have skills that are there, some things have inherent capacities to them and that's just the way it is. So you're a natural athlete or you're naturally good at math or you're naturally good at spelling or you know you're just naturally in shape and and all of those are very limiting beliefs. Now, that's also that fixed mindset has the idea that if you have to work at it, something is wrong with it. And that's the problem with a fixed mindset. If suddenly you're holding on to this fixed mindset and things aren't going well, then you have to believe that it's not right, that there's something wrong. So what happens when we tell kids that they are natural athletes? Well, they have two options. They either have to prove you right or not prove you wrong. That's only two options. So if you're a natural athlete, you shouldn't have to go practice and work hard. You shouldn't ever have a bad game. You shouldn't have difficulties along the way. And if you do, that disproves what you've been told. When I was in college, I had a person in my freshman suite who was an amazing tennis player. He grew up being told that he was naturally a great athlete and naturally a tennis player. And so he pretty much refused to go to practice, trying to hold on to the belief that he shouldn't have to work at it. And what happened along the way is the other teammates who were working hard were getting better while he was not. See, that's the problem with the fixed mindset. We, we can't continue to improve because we're holding on to that fixed mindset. The other people on the team had a growth mindset. I'm going to go to practice. I'm going to get better. I'm going to be the best I can by building on what I already have. So the same is true with relationships. Relationships aren't meant to be and to be easy. Relationships are things we choose and things we choose to work on. And so the real magic of the marital relationship is deciding to stay committed to the relationship and therefore willing to work on it and work it out to get to the best outcome, to get to the place where it's a we, we're a team, we're in this together. Are there other places where we have this limiting belief? Well, I thought of a few that I hear very often. One limiting belief is that love is a feeling. And if you don't feel it, what are you going to do? So love is a feeling. It's either there or it's not, right? If I don't feel it, what am I supposed to do? It's interesting to me that love really is something that starts in action, Loving action is what leads to the feeling. But what we kind of have done in our culture is reverse that and decided that we've got to feel something in order to act on love. In the beginning of a relationship, you feel attraction, infatuation. I mean, that's the beginning point of any relationship, whether it's sustainable or not. That's the beginning point. You know, it's, it's kind of what we do in life at the beginning stages of trying, when we're dating and, and kind of trying on new relationships. We can feel that sense of attraction, but at some point we go, yeah, this isn't going to work. Or maybe you just say, yeah, I don't even feel that sense of attraction. And so we're weeding out until we get to the place where we say, I'm attracted to this person and I see a future with that person. So then we enter into a cycle where that attraction starts us acting in loving ways. And when we're acting in loving ways, it leads us to feel more love, which leads us to act on that love, which leads us to feel that love, which leads us to act on love. And it's, it's a great expanding cycle unless we stop acting. When we start waiting to feel the love to act, and we've hit a place, maybe we've hit the pause button on the relationship or something else, and and we've put a pause there so that we're no longer acting that way, we shouldn't be overly surprised that the feeling begins to disappear. It dissipates. And at that point, it's harder and harder to choose that action. It's much easier to keep a, a good relationship going to be a great relationship than to take a struggling relationship and make it good. But It's well worth the effort. Remember what we talked about just a minute ago. It doesn't have to be easy to make it important. It's part of the process. So one of those other limiting beliefs is that love is a feeling. You either feel it or you don't. And if you don't feel it, it's over. Another one is that once it's broken, there's no fixing it. And people tell me that, and I always find that kind of interesting because I don't see where else we really apply that. I mean, where else in life? You go to the doctor oh, my arm's broken. I guess there's nothing we can do. Oh, my leg's broken. I guess there's nothing we can do. You know, we have some injury. Oh, no, nothing we can do. It's broken, right? We don't apply that elsewhere. Oh, my car's broken down. I guess I'll just, you know, junk it. We generally do something to get it fixed. That's the nature. So you go to the doctor and say, hey, I broke my arm. They set it. It grows back. It recovers. More than that, the nature of relationships is much closer to our physical organic body than it is to say a machine that may really break and be done. I mean, if I go and I I shatter a plate, yeah, I might be able to put it back together, but it's always going to be shattered, right? At some level. Or if I take some piece of metal and I bend it back and forth and bend it back and forth and it snaps, it's, it's broken. But that's not the nature of relationships. Relationships are much more organic where they can heal. That's the capacity of humans to find healing in life. And so relationships have a great capacity for that healing because we have a great capacity for choosing to move in loving, forgiving ways. So here's another limiting belief I have to give up myself to be in the marriage. That's one of the things that keeps people struggling in relationships. They're like, you know, I don't know if I really want to invest in this marriage fully. I'm afraid I'll have to lose myself. What they're missing out in that is that a marriage requires not for you to lose yourself, but to bring your best self into it. The best marriages are two people bringing their best selves into that relationship. Not the scraps and not losing themselves to it, but... Bringing their best self to it. That's what a we is truly about. We is not losing yourself to the mind meld of some relationship, but bringing your best self to it. And yet, that very fear of losing ourselves, that's the roots of the fear of intimacy. The roots of getting too close to someone and losing your own identity. It's just a false belief, though. Then there is that other limiting belief about you have to earn trust or you have to earn respect, right? Right? They haven't earned my trust. They haven't earned my respect. I have that conversation many times. You know, I had an interview I did with Emerson Eggerich that talks about love and respect. And, and he basically says that men have a much higher need for respect than they do for love, and women have a much higher need for love than they do for respect. We both need the other, but it's the primary piece. And so he talks about the fact that men are desperate for that feeling of feeling respected. And many times I've had that conversation with people and, and the one spouse will say, well, they haven't earned my respect. I can't respect what they're doing. And I ask the same about, what about love? I mean, do you feel the same? They haven't, you haven't earned, you haven't earned their love? And they say, oh no, you have to have unconditional love. And so they change the rules when it's on one area and not the other. And Emerson's view is that there has to be a root place where you say, I give unconditional love and I give unconditional respect to some level. Now, that really means how you act lovingly and how you act respectfully. So let me take on the trust piece. I believe that trust is a gift that we choose to give. Some people never trust anyone. They won't give away that gift. There's no way you can ever earn it. Some people give it away so freely that it's, it's very cheap. So it's, it's a very cheap gift. So a more expensive gift or a cheaper gift. At some level, you have to decide what re- is required for you to give trust. And if it's been broken, to give it again. And that's something that each of us has to choose for ourselves. Are we making it too hard? Sometimes we make that barrier so high that somebody finally says, you know, I give up. I'm not even going to try anymore. So when we think about somebody earning our trust... I think the bigger thing to recognize is at some point we decide to grant that trust, that we decide to gift that trust. And then the question is whether that person is going to hold on to that trust and treasure that trust like the valuable gift it is. Okay, so those are just a few more of the limiting beliefs, which brings us back to JJ's question, what do you do when a spouse is stuck in this limiting belief? Well, the first is to make sure you don't get infected by that. You don't allow their false and limiting belief to get into you because it can. The second thing is you can't spend your time trying to convince them otherwise. One of the things that people do when they are in a strained relationship is they reinforce whatever they, need, they feel they need to push against. So if you're trying to help them see that just because you're not doing well doesn't mean you can't get to well, they're going to push against that and try to prove it wrong. So you also avoid getting into the conversations about these root beliefs. But when they do come up, I do think that it's fair. because you it, Just because you avoid bringing it up doesn't mean they will avoid it. I do think it's fair to use some of the stuff that I just talked about. So when a spouse says, well, if we were meant to be a marriage, it would be easy to simply ask them, do you apply that everywhere in your life? I mean, do you think that like... In sales, if they're in sales, or, or, or you know, if they're a professional in, in your medical practice, or your law practice, or your accounting practice, or do you believe that? I mean, where else do you believe? Do you believe that with your hobbies, that if you were just meant to be, you, you wouldn't have to work at it or practice it, and there wouldn't ever be any hard times? Let them face that. You, you don't have to answer it for them. Years ago, I had a, a client, uh, there's a couple, and they were really struggling. And he said, you know, I just, I can't do this relationship thing. I'm just not good at it. And there's no way I can learn it. And I knew enough about this couple to know that there was a chink in that little armor that he was wearing. And I said, so let me ask you a question. Didn't you go to a a sales conference last week? He said, oh, yeah. And I said, why'd you go to the sales conference? I mean, you're you're a good salesperson. He said, oh, but you can always be better. You can always learn new ways of doing things. And I looked at him and he looked at me and was a little surprised by his own answer. And I said, what if you apply that to your relationship? What if you apply that same mindset to the relationship and say, you know, maybe there are some skills that I can learn here. Maybe part of building a strong relationship is the fact that you struggle through some of the pieces to get to a better relationship. In that moment, he said, you know, you might be right. There may be some skills. So I wasn't asking him to change his belief. I was just pre- pre- kind of presenting the fact that there might be another possibility, so don't challenge the, the belief directly. Wait for the person to give it. They will. And then you simply ask to carry that to its logical conclusion. That's easy with this limiting belief. If we were meant to be, marriage would be easy. Is that true in life? I mean, do you bail out of everything? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of jujitsu. And there have been some times when I'm in the process of learning where I just feel like I am not learning a thing. And if I said to myself, well, if this were meant to be, you know, if I was meant to be a black belt, it'd be easy. I'd never have a problem. I would miss the fact that part of what's happening in those struggling times is that I'm gaining the skills I need to get better to move forward. The fact is that we are all learning, growing, self-expanding creatures that can do it more and more. So just ask them, do you apply that other places in your life? Here's the other important fact about Carol Dweck's research on the mindset, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. None of us have a fixed mindset everywhere, and none of us have a growth mindset everywhere. So we're wise to be looking for the places where we can open up a broader mindset, a broader piece to a growth mindset. And to be on the lookout for the places where, you know, that growth mindset is already there to mine it further in other areas of life. So, JJ, first, don't get pulled in to any limiting beliefs that are there. Work on your own, challenge your own, grow. Because one of the things that happens when we grow is that that's often contagious to the other person. They begin to see some places of growth for themselves. The second thing is to not uh, try to force a change on them, to don't don't pursue them about their belief but the third piece is to allow them to challenge their own limiting beliefs when people have a chance to challenge their own limiting beliefs and they're allowed that space they often make a switch on their own so if you find yourself still trying to figure out what are the other limiting beliefs maybe you don't even understand what marriage should be and how you got into trouble and what to do to get to a connection that you want well, that's the reason for the Save the Marriage podcast. That's also the reason I created the Save the Marriage system. And if you've been listening to the podcast and it resonates with you, that tells you that the system is probably going to resonate with you too. So if you don't have my system, let me suggest that you grab that. You can go to savethemarriage.com and grab my system and begin to delve into those places. Now, Here's the thing that right now, what I'm doing is giving people a free week of my VIP virtual coaching as part of that. The reason I do that is because that gives you extra resources. Now, Some people are just going to not be willing to step into that, and that's fine. But if you're willing to step into that and use more resources and and, and really step up to that, you get a whole week to take advantage of those resources and the tools I have there and all the other pieces, including the training on my apology letter and my Thrive Journal and my fill-in-the-blank plan for saving your marriage, lots of other things. And all you have to do to do that is when I offer that free week to accept it. Just sign up for that free week. Also, right now, I'm having my coaches contact you, and uh, if you're interested in that, you have to tell us you're interested in that, but to contact you and set up a time for a get started session. This is kind of the best way. It's a free session. It's a get started session just to make sure you're, you're really moving forward, and if you've got a limiting belief or your spouse has a limiting belief, you can even bring that up with the coach at that point. All you have to do once you make the purchase of the system is go to your download page and click the button to request that coaching session, and we'll make sure that happens. But if you are stuck, please don't stay stuck. Don't let your limiting belief keep you from having the marriage that you want. Go to savethemarriage.com now and grab the system. This is Lee Balkum, wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage listening to Save the Marriage podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.